The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. So what are we drinking today? We're drinking a new drink. Ooh, a new one. <laughs> it's called Mr. Rye, but actually M period R period Rye. Ooh, nice. And the reason we're doing this is because, well, the original cocktail was made by Monty and Rosie, called a Monty Rosie cocktail, two bartenders <clears throat> in Boston that came up with it. Yeah. And that so, one was originally a different mix. That was bourbon. Bourbon and Pantimas. And this one is rye and Pantimas. Rye and Pantimas. the forest of rye. Uh-huh. And Pontimas, and it's equal parts. It's kind of a cool drink. Mm-hmm. And we really like the bourbon variant of this, yeah. which we'll actually put on the pod one of these days, but yeah. we're going to try it with rye. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I was particularly interested in trying this with rye to make a new cocktail for one and to try it because this original drink with bourbon reminded me of holiday yes. type beverage, punch, holiday almost. punch almost. Well, yeah. And I thought, well, the spices might make it even feel more festive. So sure. we'll see. Yeah, so I just mixed the two over a big ice ball and just uh, gave a little ice ball stir. Mm-hmm. Just push the ice ball around mm-hmm. to stir it. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And then you sip it. it smells good. Mm-hmm. That's just as good. See, I like that. Ooh, I like that. It may even be better. I know. I like that. Because there's a little bit of a bite from the It's the spicy. The rye. Mm-hmm. You know what it reminds me of is that, I don't even I'm not going to say the name right, at World Market, you can get this. Glingenschlager type of German wine. It's a holiday wine. And you can drink it cold, but no one does. It's made to make mulled wine. Basically, of course, mulled wine can be any wine with all the other herbs and spices and fruit in it that you let sit. But this wine in particular, you just heat up and you add your little sachet of herbs, no fruit, because it's super fruity. And I don't know why, but I love having it at the holidays. It's hmm. just such a great drink. And this drink so reminds you of that. this tastes very similar, but it's a cold version. Mm. You know what I mean? It's very interesting. It's got a nice alcohol bite, too. It's not overpowering. I mean, you know you're drinking alcohol. Yeah. But danger, because it tastes like a punch. It does taste a little bit like a punch. You know, you could drink this pretty easy. Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Slub USA, the world's strongest, most powerful male masturbator. Visit Slub USA at slub, S-L-U-B-B dash USA dot com. 
Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. Learn more at WeMinder.app. So today we're going to have a conversation about your discovery of your dominant streak. Okay. Well, it's not really fair to call it your discovery of your dominant streak because you've always been dominant. Yeah, that's very true. And you've only expressed it in a non-sexual way for the most part. Yes, very true. And so this is really a conversation about you discovering how you express yourself as a dominant in a sexual way. Yeah, it's all new. It's all new. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a flip side to this conversation, which Mm -hmm. is that you're also discovering how you explore me, who is your dominant, as a submissive. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a conversation about dominance and submission. Of course, on both sides of the slash, if you will. On both sides of the slash, right? Yeah. Yeah. So because we called it discovering dominance, let's start there. (laughs) So you want to ask me a question? I'm going to ask you a question. So for about a month or so now, you've discovered this exploration of yourself as a dominant. And my question for you is... When you wake up in the morning, how do you occur to yourself in this new sexual experience? Before you answer, because you wear both hats, you're my submissive and you're my dominant. I don't think it's much different for me waking up, Okay, if you use that context, because I always have been both my whole life, just in different boxes, right? Yeah. So I wake up the same, but what I do notice is... The awareness of what will the day hold for me? Like, where will I be based on how I feel in any given day, based on questions from you, inquiries on where we're going to go that day? Yeah. Right? And not with any concern, just, you know, I wonder how this day is going to unfold. Right. Kind of adventurous, actually. And then I start my day, right? But when we first started this, I remember giving you feedback. (laughs) I give you lots of feedback right away. On both sides of the flashes, I would laugh and say, I was having trouble creating distinctions between the transition between two sides. I think in retrospect, as I talked to you about that at the time, I thought to myself, how weird. Why do I have to create distinctions? Do I really do that in my professional life? But I do. I actually do. When I move into coach mode... In my professional life, which is I'm very dominant, I actually have little mannerisms I do that are for me that move me into that space. So, it, so I, I've identified that that really happens for me. So it isn't so different that I require some kind of <clears throat> indicator or switch that I'm actually switching. Oh, but you did something that was very smart. You said. I'm going to put, in fact, your first iteration of it was I'm going to put a collar on you mm-hmm. so that you can be in the same headspace that I need you to be in. As a I'm designation. Be, yeah, as a designation, because I'm going to be in a different headspace and you're going to be in a different headspace. I want an identifier. Right. And, you know, we tried that and that didn't work so well. So then we switched to cuffs. But the point is. The cuffs actually work better for me in just in the standpoint that I already wear a collar. Right. There's kind of a weird incongruence going on there. Right in the way we're approaching this. And so moving it and, you know, I was smart. I bought something that was easily change, interchangeable to a cuff situation. Right. Then moving to cuffs, I was like, oh, that's seamless. That's easy. Right. But the point is, 
that what you said was when I'm in a dominant mode, I have a headspace of a dominant. And when you're in a submissive mode, you have a headspace of a submissive. He has a little tool token to give you a clue as to which headspace you should be in. Right. And to actually wear this during the entire scene. So you stay in this space. Right. That's with the me. right headspace mm-hmm. with me. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was very clever because it, work for you and for me. So for me as a switch, it went beyond just, I'm a dominant, say I'm only a dominant and I'm creating a collar for someone to create it such that it creates the BDSM dynamic, if you will. Right. But I didn't need it to create. I already was confident in who we were as a couple. Right. And so I didn't need to create a BDSM dynamic. We were already agreements to that. We'd been playing for almost five years in that space. What was necessary is a common indicator that we can both rely upon that we're switching and that it's safe to switch, which we feel safe with each other. And that then when I remove your cuffs, that's the indication you're out of that space. Now you might be heady or something from that. I, I too might definitely, be Dommy because right, I definitely am. <laughs> but we know now, because even today after our play, shortly after, not right after, but within, I was still heady is, oh yeah, it's Friday. I get to put my collar on. And that is an indication for me too when I move into my collar that I'm in the submissive space and it it's really comfortable because if it wasn't comfortable for me, I would, I think I'd have pushback on moving back and forth between, Right. but those little indicators without me really recognizing in my professional side that I was already doing that right. made all the difference in me transitioning very seamlessly. Now I can't help that there are hormones still being released from whenever we play as a dominant and right. I'm still dealing with that. But as I move in, if I switch early and I move into a submissive space, all it feels is like I'm a little heady. Right. It isn't something that I can't put my head around. And I, I obviously know what I just got done doing. Right. I, I allow latitude for that. Sure. And I think you do too. Sure. Yeah. So I guess the curious question that I have about your experience is, you know, for five years, you've been a submissive a heavy impact submissive. We've lived in a 24-7 total power exchange. You haven't expressed yourself as a dominant in our relationship for five years. Only a couple times. I think I tried to molest you at night. Well, you've you've done things that... Are toppy. Yeah, you've done things that are more toppy than dominance, right? Mm -hmm. This is different. This is more dominance than toppiness, right? So the question I have for you is, as you've now experienced this headspace for about a month or so. Mm-hmm. What's your day-to-day occurring of your own experience of yourself as you think about our dynamic and our relationship and our sexuality? Like, How does it all play for you? Well, for us, I think it's seamless and I hate to make light of it, but I trust our dynamic and where we're at. So when I move into that space, I don't make a lot of meaning about how that relates to us per se, because we still are who we are. What I've seen it do is affect how I deal with the world around me. (laughs) Some of it might be good, some of it might not. Some of it might be that I have little, if no patience for people who are out of integrity. I have quick opinion 
if I'm asked, I don't just give my opinion, but if I'm asked on something, I say, nope, that shouldn't be this way. It should be this way. So just more dominant. So there's carryover into your day-to-day life. Yes. Yes. That's interesting. Yes. Now in my day-to-day life with you, I mean, you might think differently. I, it's hard because I'm a switch. I live this all the time. So I can't see, always see the delineation between it, but I don't feel conflicted, which would be a sign I would worry about if I felt conflicted, like, Ooh, I, I'm having misgivings about how I'm doing this. I'm doing it because he likes it and I'm exploring, but it doesn't feel comfortable. Mm. It feels very comfortable. That's why I'm pretty mischievous and kind of playful in it. But I think we're kind of light about it. We're not making yeah, a Yeah, I don't make it meaning. a lot of right. like high, high order meaning. Right. It's more, it feeds off of my submission and my submission is based in service and, and where I get off in service is pleasing my partner. So even as a dominant, and you referenced being a sensual dominant, Right. That's probably where I land. I think I am sadistic at times. It really has to do with the partner I'm with, probably, as well as we've been talking and I've kind of found a lane I think isn't often used in dominant female dominance. I mean, I know that there are female dominant wrestlers and and manhandling and that kind of thing. Of course, CBT and that stuff. And it's not that I'm not into parts of those things, but where I land, and I think this is a big niche for me in how I look at the world is kind of a combination of disciplinary central domination in the sense of how it's tied to someone's goals in life. Right. But if you were to move into, if I was to move into other subs. And so, so where I'm playing now is with my related partner, my primary partner. And that is very sensual. And it is, I mean, you give me complete freedom. So it's not like I don't have freedom to do other things. I mean, if it was beyond your limits, you'd tell me. But I don't feel myself driven in that way. No, I guess I'm wondering how it's occurring to you in the way you experience your sexuality. Because for five years, more or less, you've been experiencing your sexuality from a submissive perspective. So when you add this perspective as a dominant, like how do, you know, how do you experience just what we did today? You know, I think it's compartmentalized for me. So I don't know how it affects me in my submissive side. What has affected me that's beyond, that goes to both sides is clitification that we've been working on. Let's talk about that. Yeah. We're in the middle of clitober clitober, and we have chosen to, explore and focus on enlargement of my clit. Right. right? And we're using tea right now to help that process. Pumping. Tea, tea being testosterone. Yep. Yeah. Pumping and sucking. Sucking and right. clit focused work, right? Right. And with that, obviously in the moment that's hugely erotic and that that has an emphasis. But I think even more than that is we have seen changes. Fairly dramatic. Pretty dramatic changes right. we've seen. And so I'm now starting to discern there's something more there, like between my legs. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you're actually like experiencing your clit as a as part a of you. part of me. Yeah. Whereas a lot of times women wait till the clit is stimulated or they have the actual kind of nerval electric uh, reaction from clit st- uh, stimulation or and or pussy stimulation or ass. Let's say if they're into that too where because the clit is such a huge organ it 
however you're being used at the point, there's stimulation enough to create that kind of orgasm. So that's when we become aware. But on a general basis, you know, you clean it, it's there, you know, it's part of the process. Now I'm like discerning like changes in tissue and actual more sensations beyond just the tip of the clit, which was like the primary focus of everything. Like that's the, it's like the head of the cock. Like that's the, that's the thing you had to worry about. But now there's, because there's becoming more, uh, the word isn't volume, just volume, but, but like, but, but like tangible tissue, not just skin. Like, yeah. Tangible growth. You had me do something today, which you've never asked me to do. Mm Mm-hmm which is to manually stroke your clit, not the tip of your clit, but the the stem of it, right? Just the stem of it. While you finger fucked me. While I finger fucked you, right. Which was, I don't know why that changed the whole game because there's something about, well, the way your fingers were because they were turned upward, so you're hitting my G-spot, right? And then my clit is being, you know, massaged, stretched, pulled at that point versus not the tip being touched. Right. And you hear this a lot from men like, oh, the head's really sensitive. Just, right. you know, stay on the base of it, right. stay on the sides. And I kind of have a reference point for that right. now because I was like, wow, that's a totally different feeling. You know, it, it makes the urgency to thrust like really high order. I know that. <laughs> yeah, I know you see that. Yeah. <laughs> it's very obvious. Yeah. So as you consider yourself I don't know, laying in bed at night as a sexual creature and now you're experiencing sex as a submissive and you're experiencing sex as a dominant. Mm -hmm. What's that world like? Well, even today during play, not because I was in dom mode and I was trying to tillie you. I was trying to tillie you, but that's what was coming to mind because of all of it. Because I was using the Hitachi vibrating over you while you're stroking your cock and I'm kind of speaking out loud this fantasy, you know, I wasn't really saying it was my fantasy. It's just, I was speaking out loud, like in a very sexual way of an, of what could be set up for you. Yeah. So what did you say? You said that you're going to be fucking my ass over a sissy sub who's going to catch my cum and they're going to stroke their cock, but, but they're not, not allowed, to come. allowed to come. Yeah. yeah. And so this is the fantasy you're telling me while I'm watching you vibrate your big clit standing over me. And why did that come to mind? Because yeah. I really believe it isn't anything particular about any of that. It's, it's a very powerful mode to be. It's like saying to you, I'm going to be fucking your ass and you're going to have your cock just on the lips of some sub. It could be anything, sissy right. or a female. It doesn't matter. Because to me, it doesn't matter. The idea is as I thrust and your cock then is forced deeper into somebody. So I'm the true power person Absolutely, of right. the moment. And right. you're the in-between, like you're the go-between. Right. And it's just kind of a mind fuck right. for all of us. Right. And it's hot. And whether you really ever fulfill on that or when you fulfill, it's even as great as you think in your mind. Right. It's neither here nor there. That's just a mode to get you to the next, you know. I'm going to come then, you know, right. And that's the type of thing that comes to mind when I'm in dominant mode. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's because, you know, I'm vibing myself and I feel like I have an extent, you know, the Hitachi sticking out as I'm vibing. So then there's a natural correlation like that's me, you know, it's just weird. I can't put my finger on it. It's not like I want a cock per se. Right. What I'm saying is, because let's be honest people, I could have a, 
strap on that lasts forever. So why would I, you know, a one shot wonder may not be the option for me, but how it pushes on that clit right. and that I'll, I'll share this with you. It's not the first time I've rodeoed with strap ons. I've done right. things and played with stuff. And one of my major complaints was always like, Oh, these are all invented by men right. because of the way they sit on your body. They don't sit where a woman needs to sit. They keep having it up above your pussy right. on the iliac, on the pussy the crest, part. the pubic crest. Right? right. And it misses everything. Right. And they say, oh, well, you could just put a bullet. Well, the bullet, if you put it where it's supposed to go, it, doesn't, it absolutely quick. doesn't even fit. But if I would pull it down and right. have it so that my clit would get mashed every time I would you know, thrust. push forward and thrust, that was way more attractive because I'm getting a direct response from the action I'm doing. Right. I haven't spent a lot of time on this and looked at a ton of strap-on since the time I first experienced this, but that's where it has to be is that it fits to woman's geometry. And the problem right. is, is women, some women are on the top, on the yeah. front face, facing outward, that just bodies are just shaped that way. And some women are very turned down in between their legs. Right. And so if you're turned down between your legs, you're, your harness is way pointing your dick down basically. Right, and definitely. so then you have to lift it. And then are you really getting the p- penetration? But what I would say this with enough equipment that's out there, like the fuck pillows and all the things that are out there. I think it's fascinating that you could get yourself into a position that would work for based on how your clit is focused in the harness. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. And I think that isn't too far off of how men are shaped. Men bend in different ways and things. And so you'll choose to fuck someone a different way to create that sensation. Yeah. What I'm also curious about is your experience of me (laughs) as your toy and how you process this like weirdness that we have where I'm your dominant on one hand and your toy on the other. So it was hard at first, but we've have agreements. We've had several conversations to clarify what's going on here and you're super obedient for one. So then I think, is he really obedient or is he just really trying hard? Like he's trying to be this, but at this point, I think you're just obedient. You're nothing has scared you. Nothing has worried you. And that's not my goal either. And also find it hot. Yeah. I'm not here to try to scare you. I'm not to prove a point. I'm actually trying to find a new way in our dynamic that exists where we're switching and where I am exploring the other side of the slash, but in the same tone that we already have in our TPE, you're a sadist. I'm a masochist. Okay. That's what happens. I haven't changed that. I'm a little bit of a sadist when I'm a dominant, but I haven't shown you all of that. But I'm also not someone that's going to say, okay, tomorrow we're going to nail your your uh, testes to a board. Right. I've never been that way, and I'm not going to be that way. Right. But will I find ways that I know are not your favorite and then do? Yeah, I kind of knew ahead of time because I've done things like pinching your nipples that Pinching your nipples with clothespins may not be your favorite thing, but you did it, right? And it was pleasing for me because you survived it. Well, that's the main point, right? It's pleasing for you. Yeah. Because as your submissive and your toy, Mm -hmm. I'm here to be your pleasure. Mm -hmm. And my sexual arousal occurs in your pleasure. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So when you're my submissive, I've turned you into an orgasmic creature <laughs> because I thrive on your pleasure. Right. And the same is true in this role that I have as your submissive is that I thrive in your pleasure. You wrote about that today. And I thought that was fascinating because you're very consistent. You derive pleasure through the seduction and the enrollment of your partner right. in what you're up to. Right. right. That really is the prime of where you're at. And wherever you're at, that's what you require. That requires you to be a sexual, fully expressed sexual creature, whether you're a D or an S, it doesn't matter. Right. And the reality is we're not we're not changing our original dynamic. We're still a 24-7 TPE DS dynamic where you're the dominant, I'm submissive. What we're doing is you're providing me a space to explore my dominant side, which means I'm topping, right? Because we already have an established dominant dynamic that's in place. And I'm exploring with you in a very safe way because we already are partners. And so I can explore areas that are interesting to me. But again, what's interesting to me with you, my loving partner I care for, is different than just like it would be for you if I was with just some random Random. person, right? No, I absolutely get that. And it also occurs to me that we don't know where this is going to go. No. Yeah, that's no. the thing, right? That's okay, I think, because we've talked about that. We have committed ourselves to this dynamic and jumping into the rabbit hole. Hmm. And we've talked about the twists and turns. And, you know, this isn't uncommon for us because if people follow the pod, they watch us. There's kind of a cyclical cycle going on where we either interview someone or we think about something based on what we've read or uh, something that's occurred to us. And we've had then a conversation in depth. When Anal April came about, we had this in-depth conversation about it. I had never considered that. You had talked about it. We discussed what that would mean, the parameters, how could we make it work so it works for us both, and then commit ourselves to exploring that. Like, What's great is we're both former athletes. So when we commit to something and we say, we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And then we dive in and we learned a ton by that. But it's true. But that experience actually opened doors for the next thing we're up to. And I sure. think, again, whatever we're up to now, at some point will open a door for something else. Who well, that, knows well, what that is? Well, that's true. Well, I mean, just in it, just exactly in your speaking, you know, we started exploring your clit and we started exploring clitification and yep. we started exploring clit enlargement and out of that queening yeah queening and well well, queening came out of us being ill and we were just too ill from food poisoning so i'm just saying you don't know what life's going to throw at you right environment wise or idea wise or relationship wise we have committed to being each other's partners and we go with the flow and then we find an interest and we discuss it and then we find out what's workable for us to explore that it's been fascinating to be in that kind of relationship where you can like i feel like an explorer like i actually i mean it's only it's a sex explorer but i'm exploring mine your bodies i mean it's not like i have a wider range it's not just our bodies we're exploring our minds we're exploring your sexuality as human beings right like we are literally in an inquiry about what's possible in the world of sexuality between two loving partners and what's been amazing is the degree to which i've you know i thought i was an expert at sex i mean i had you know 55 years when i met you right of sexual experience right 
And what I've learned in our experience together over the past several years is, yeah, way more than I thought I knew Mm -hmm. from before. Well, and we've learned so many things. So the reality is, I said to you the other day, what did I say? It's great people think what we're up to is great. And then people make casual comments like, oh, I'd love to meet you or be with you. And I think I always say to you, oh, no, I'd fucking scare people. There's there's no way. Well, they have no idea what. They don't really have an idea. What we've done. Pictures don't do any justice. No, but, you know, I'm living an experience as a man who's explored dominance like pretty fully with you. Mm-hmm. And now I'm sitting here as a submissive at effect of your dominance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I can make an observation, you're very comfortable in your dominance. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not like you're in a role called I'm a dominant. You're well, just I've been being practicing for 50 years. Yeah. You're more. just being a dominant, right? Yeah. And you're being a sexual dominant. And, you're very playful and you're very mischievous about I am it. Mischievous. And you know, and you're you push, you, you stretch and you push and you do it in a way that is exciting for me and for you both. That's so good. And we have fun together. And you know, it's like you can measure how aroused I am by how erect I am and by how Well, today, I, just yeah. some of the play we were up to I mean, you were, it felt like your skin was going to pop open. I know. And I was like, ooh, I got to be careful. I I mean, I can be mischievous. And sometimes I am. I rub you still. And you're, I can hear you moaning, like trying to concentrate and do something (laughs) to keep it from blowing. Yeah. Which even so, if that happened, it really wouldn't be anything wrong. wrong. Yeah. It's for me, it's I'm looking at where the edges of our boundaries are. Sure. Even if with your arousal, like where is it that he's going to come? Where is that? I mean, I know it sounds mischievous. It's not really malicious, but it's mischievous. But there is something to know about, oh, this is where I got him and he was just too far over the edge. Okay, that's the end of the parameter. I can pull that in. Okay, and where's the beginning over here? Okay, I know where I have to play to keep that edge. But also, I'm also in charge and it's different than when you're in charge where you're in dummy mode and sometimes that forces you out of arousal state because you're because you're in it my goal as a dominant with you is to keep you in arousal mode long enough whatever that means i have no time limit on it to allow you to have release right sometimes i might not but generally i'm a centralist so a release because that's super like you know like when i tell you to tap my legs so i can as you're sucking my pussy and i'm sitting on your face basically so that I can look back and watch you have an orgasm. I don't think you quite get what that does for me, like how what does it do erotic it is. It's 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 erotic, of course. It make usually makes me orgasm. It also is a validation, like a real tangible validation of your partner. Now you get a lot of it from me because I'm wet and I make sounds when I'm coming and things like that. You're less verbal than I am. And so for me, that is a real validation of me having the power to make you come. It was very hot today that as I started to ejaculate, you started to come. Yeah. And and we came together in in that really interesting way. Super hot. Yeah. No, I think this is really an interesting twist in the rabbit hole. And it's neat that we're so secure to be able to explore it and not have to be like, oh, we're all wound up about roles. It's not. No, I think that's the key word. There's a lot of intimate security between us. Yes, very much so. And I think that that's really valuable 
in allowing us to just explore mm-hmm. what there is to explore. It's not like we have anywhere to go or some way to be. There's we're no just, end point. We're just exploring, right? It's like yeah. it's a and mountain it, without a top. It, 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 yeah. You never know because we we do this. This is what happens. And we might be in this and something occurs to us that grabs our attention right. because we're on a journey. It doesn't mean that we won't ever do this because what seems to happen is whenever we explore these new things, we always take the best parts of those things yeah. and incorporate them. You'll slowly start to see them appear in our scenes. Right. Or if you don't watch it, no one's filming us, but we know that. Right. We know what happens. And, you know, I have this image, not that I'm striving for it. I just keep having this image of this. We're still who we are, dominant and submissive, but there's going to be a a melding within a scene where there's no longer a separation between who we are. It's really us scening and the scene goes like this and it just goes wherever it goes organically how it goes because we figured right, out right now there's a definite delineation right now there's a delineation and yeah. you know I, i'm not saying i have the answer and i'm not even saying well, it's inter- I'm forecasting it's a, it's a very... but i but i'm thinking we have this access to this energy orgasm yeah. where we become one i don't know if that's going to be the gatekeeper but there's something about access to being able to just move in and out of being a, at effect with your partner yeah. to experience the fullness of, well, there's of definitely, the experience. There's definitely a different headspace. Yep. Yep. When you're in a dominant mode versus submissive mode for me too. For me. Yeah. You know, and we tried that. We already tried it once. We might try it again, but we tried switching in the middle of a scene from one to the other. Mm-hmm. We haven't ever gone back and forth. I don't know. I think what we may have done before, cause it was new and I think we have to give it time. So it becomes, so that, both sides of the flash become more fluid. But I think we made a lot of significance about the switch, like switching and making it a clean switch. Yeah. I don't know if it has to be like what I vision is not necessarily whatever is construed as a clean switch. Like, Oh, there's an obvious dominant here and obvious submissive. It's more of a, this is what makes us feel good. And we're going to go in this direction now. Mm-hmm. So I like fucking your ass, but now I really want to suck on your pussy. But I want to suck on your pussy, not just from you rolling over on the couch and sitting, but I want you to sit on my face. Well, we tried and that, that. that's still, but it's seamless. It's not. Yeah. I'm not sure how we get there. I don't know how we get there. Yeah. I, and I'm not saying that's the goal either. But that might be the, that might be the holy grail, right? To be Maybe. able to I don't know. just flow back and forth with each other in dominant and submissive modes. And maybe even and the maybe labels. And maybe it isn't. Maybe it is not labels. You're right. right. Maybe and maybe labels. it is something that just isn't so we we know we develop a pattern that works for us and we say on these days this is what's happening i don't know what the answer is i'm just saying i'm open to the experience me too it's kind of fun yeah it's very fun that's it for today if you're interested in kinky relationship coaching online domination or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going please visit our patreon website at lady petra playground You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Cheers.